Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the, uh, not the morning sports briefing, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Outra and Super Rugby AU final Finals review show uh, here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I will be your host, uh, Paul, uh, and uh, we'll be going through the uh, Crusaders versus the Chiefs in the Super Rugby Outer final, and also the uh, Reds versus the Brumbies in the Super Rugby AU final. And as I say, we, that's because uh, it's not just myself, but I'm joined um, by Stephen Harris as well. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, Paul. Good to be back on the show. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Looking okay. forward. <laughs> so uh, look, it was, a, it was a long old day yesterday because I, I was uh, had to meet at the club at ten uh, thirty in the morning uh, before we got on our coach, uh, got, got got in the minivan and uh, drove up from Waihe to uh, Fongare. Uh, Fongare, I thought my place. No, um, Fongata. Fongata. Thank you. Um, right. To play Mercury Bay, um, and um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and. Um, so a three and a half hour round trip or four hour round trip there for the uh, for the driving to go and play one game um, up against Mercury Bay uh, and uh, to catch some club rugby before I came back and watched the uh, Super Rugby stuff. What was your day like yesterday uh, before yeah before the Super yeah, Rugby before the uh, yeah, finals? A very a very similar day, but a pre um, uh, a pre Mother's Day visit yesterday morning because uh, this morning was also a busy day as well, and then uh, off to. Uh, off to uh, Club Rugby at Watermatta Park where I checked out the uh, Watermatta versus uh, Ponsonby uh, Goodyear Auckland Club Rugby uh, game and uh, yeah, t- yeah tight, tight contest, probably not a lot to write home about but uh, very, very willing and uh, a bit of motion involved in, in well but uh, also I should say just look out for some of our videos that we've uh, we've posted, uh, catch up with uh, one of our great All Blacks, uh, Sibiran Williams and uh, yeah, definitely a tough time for the Ponsonby Club uh, this week with the passing of uh, uh, Sir Brian Williams' uh, brother, Seth Williams. So, yeah, our thoughts from NZ uh, Sport Radio to uh, not just the family, but also everybody involved in and around the Ponsonby Rugby Football Club. Absolutely. And do go and check out those videos that Stephen did from uh, White Matter versus Ponsonby, uh, or Ponies as they're known in uh, Auckland, and also uh, the videos that I've put up from um, Waihee. 
uh, so from, from Mercury Bay versus Waihi as well. So um, because New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page is your home for club rugby, folks. So head over to that uh, and do join us on Tuesday evening for the Driving Mall show when uh, we will spend the second half of the show uh, going over the uh, club results uh, and action from around the uh, for, for the club rugby scene. But um, tonight it's all about super rugby. It's not about club rugby. Um, and uh, we kicked off on uh, Thursday, Friday evening, Saturday evening. No, there was no Friday evening games at all this week. Geez, I'm all over the shop, folks. Um, with the uh, Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Uh, and uh, look, this um, looked initially like it was... I mean, look, at the end of the day, folks, in both these games, the home team has earned that right by being the best team during the regular season. So it's always going to be an upset if one of the away teams manages to tip over the home side, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, very much so, Paul. Listen, it was, it was great to see... A, a genuine contest, but you, you you just felt that, and we'll get to it shortly. When you play play these sides at home, you've got to take your opp- opportunities and put the put the pressure back on them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's not what happened early on with the uh, um, for for the for the Chiefs. Uh, the Crusaders got their opportunities early on, and they scored through Seve Reese. I mean, DMAC did knock over a three, um, but um, then also we saw. Uh, the role that Leicester Fainuku was going to be asked to play in this game, which was getting over that game line uh, and giving the Crusaders front football, um, which led the, led them uh, to a to a grubber um, and a try. And suddenly, um, after only 15 minutes, it was 12-3. I think a few of us worried that it wasn't going to be a contest of a game, uh, and that we're going to get we're going to see um, the Crusaders pull away uh, and uh, win this one comfortably. But look, there's a good reason why the Chiefs went on a five-game winning streak, I think it was, uh, in mid-season. Uh, it's because, yeah, you can't count them out. They do keep themselves in games. They are a dogged side, aren't they? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of heart. And, boy, they showed it because, you know, a lot of sides at 12-3 down may have just folded or may have just lost a bit of composure in and around the scoreboard pressure. Listen, they were creating things, Paul, but just... Oh, how can, how can I say it? Just just really not totally getting in behind the Crusaders without without creating the, the opportunities needed to, to put a try on the board. Yeah, I think we saw it with how the, the Chiefs got that first try, was they ended up having to use a bit of a trick play with 12 men in the line-out, um, and with D-Mac as the only back out of the line-out, um, uh, well, obviously, as well as um, the... Uh, uh, well, I think it was Triple T at that point, because Robert Webber was off for a HIA. Uh, but he did come back, um, and uh, you've uh, yeah with Triple T and um, and D-Mac, the only two players not either throwing in or actually in the lineout itself. Yeah, the twelve man lineout, the mall didn't go over. Um, and as I've been pointed out during our review show, if you've got twelve men in a, men in a mall, if you get it structured right, you you shouldn't be stoppable. Um, so yeah. clearly, things weren't quite clicking for the Chiefs. Yeah, it, it, it was actually quite a smart manoeuvre because it was just a, enough to compress. The, the Crusaders' backs that were still defending in in the back line, and uh, but boy, at the end of the day, it took probably one of the offloads of the season, if not the offload of the season, by by Ryan Nankerville. I kind of looked back back at that, and he really had no right to get that offload away. He had at least two or three tacklers on him, but just was able to still free the arms, and you know that that 
pass could have been thrown anywhere, anywhere, and it just happened to be right in the hands of Damien McKenzie. And when they scored there, I thought, ooh, here we go, game on. <laughs> yep, and suddenly at 12-10, and then with the Chiefs having lots and lots of pressure, I mean, look, they um, had the lion's share of the uh, possession, uh, oh, sorry, sorry the, the, the Chiefs, they had a parity in, in pretty much in the possession territory, but they really went for a, a period then of the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes or so where they had control. Um, they had um, line-out malls uh, that got stopped. Uh, they lost a couple of line-outs and they just couldn't take advantage. They just couldn't get themselves closer than that two points. Um, and then, uh, as we see, back-to-back -back penalties march the Crusaders down the pitch and uh, overgoes three points. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's um, a sign of respect here that the Crusaders knew they, that uh, they, they, they were going to have to take all the opportunities and they were taking their threes. They weren't going for the corner, were they? Oh, very much so, Paul. And, you know, there was a crucial drop kick somewhere in, in those threes. That just showed you that the respect that the Crusaders had for the Chiefs that we thought, well, OK, we're going to, you know, this is not a round-robin game where we kick to the corner and, and go for a seven, but we actually take anything that's on offer. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. Um, we then had a, a bit of a silly captain's referral by the by the Crusaders, um, and I think we're starting to see. Whilst at the beginning of this, captains were only going for surefire things. Now they're pretty much having long shots, um, and you've got to wonder: uh, is it really good for the game? Um, we're slowing down. We're, we're taking breaks out of the game, um, and maybe we just need to. They, they need to get back to doing only certainties rather than. These speculative things, but you do. I mean, uh, the, the, the commentators are right though, saying, Hey, you know what? Um, they might as well have a stab at it because hey, they might get lucky. That's not really no. how I want the, the captain's referral to be used, though, do we see? Yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to see it by that. Listen, I, I've seen a couple of games where the where the, the official or the referees had a bit of a running commentary with the TMO while the players continue and said, Hey, can you run that previous ruck? Can you have a quick look? Look at that. Um, you know, if there was some foul play there, and um, you know, I think that's one way to at least keep keep the game moving. Where your stock it gets to the next breakdown, and then the TMO can come back and say, "Hey, listen, I've reviewed it, had a quick look at it, nothing there, play on." Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's why I prefer the the, the the TMO to be used rather than captain's referral personally. Yeah. Um, Mac then showed us uh, that perhaps the pressure was getting to him, or he or he lost his kicking boots, um, as he missed the opportunity to closed things up at half-time, uh, and the Crusaders went in with a five-point lead. With uh, D-Mac um, missing a penalty straight after half-time as well, and you're like, okay, two opportunities there, either side of half-time, could have been a one-point lead or could at least have closed things up. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so to me, yeah, look, that, that, that was probably where you thought, ooh, this is, this is going the wrong way um, at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, that just, just couldn't quite get there. You know, that's... Um, that's Paul, Paul, I was about to say that's that's nine points, which would have taken it out to nineteen fifteen, and it would have, you know, I'm, not that I'm saying it would have been enough to have won the game, but boy, the dynamics of the game, the game actually changes a wee, a wee bit. Um, yep. You know, a little bit, a little bit nervousness for the, the for the home side, and that all happened in the space within fourteen minutes, as well. Those three missed kicks. Yeah, and that's especially the the last one when he's just had been taken out in the air by. Um, Cody Taylor, who went off for a yellow card, um, could have been a red, uh, but um, 
the uh, the, the society landed safely. Um, and um, you think, well, actually, you've just missed two. You've just been taken out in the air. Perhaps that was a good time to give Gatland a shot um, at goal uh, when you've just been spun spun around midair. So, um, but he didn't. The uh, Crusaders managed to double down on that then with um, several reefs with a high tackle to the head. Again, yellow carded. Um, and uh, we disagreed last night on the re on the reaction show as to, as to as to the severity of that one. Um, you agreed with the yellow. I thought it should be red. Um, but um, either way, Paul, the, uh, the Crusaders were down to 13. Paul, I was about to say, I, I, I spoke to a former All Black halfback today and he, he thought it should have been a red card. So there you go. It just shows you how, how contentious yep. this is sometimes. So when we start treating that path, we got an issue. So either way, look, we, the way the red card is nowadays, it's it's only twenty minutes. It's not the full. It's not. It's not the uh, rest of the game anyway. So, um, in some ways, uh, look, if you can't take advantage of thirteen men um, during that, uh, what would have been, well, fifty-three minutes. I counted the first one, fifty-four for the second one. So if you can't take advantage of of, um, of thirteen men during that five-minute gap, then you've only really got yourself to blame. Um, or you can say hat tip to the Crusaders, well played, down to 13, managing the game, managing the ball. Yeah, yeah, 10, 10 minutes. That was 10 minutes in a 10-minute period between the 53rd minute and the 63rd minute that the Chiefs had um, at one stage a 14-man advantage and a 13-man advantage. To say that they didn't take advantage of it is an understatement. Evening, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, they did, they did knock over three, um, but... Um, the uh, the um, Taylor came back and the moment he came back, um, Mwanga uh, knocked over a drop goal uh, under penalty advantage. It was raining. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, we're now got a five point lead. If you're chasing and it's raining and it's raining quite heavily there, it's not 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 good conditions. Um, and uh, the, uh, the the Crusaders saw it out with their defence more than their attack, really, uh, not allowing the uh, the Chiefs to score a try in that second half. Um, and um, just knocking over threes, just to stretch out that lead, let the scoreboard do the do do, do the business. Uh, and hey, presto, the uh, Crusaders are uh, champions for the however many time. Um, <laughs> and 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 uh, and no tries in the second half, Paul. No. The uh, I say this was one where the Crusaders, the Crusaders, happy just to, to to keep knocking over those threes. Uh, let the scoreboard, let the clock apply the pressure, and just stretch it out. Slowly but surely, um, which is uh, championship rugby for you. Very, very much so. And uh, you, you take them however you get them. And, and you've got to give these guys credit as well. They've had some injuries along the way. They've lost mm -hmm. uh, a couple of their a couple of their props. Um, um, oh, good grief! Now I'm now it's 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 affecting me. All Black lose <laughs> Joe Moody, um, Toa, who they who they missed. And, you know somebody like. George Bauer has come in and, and, and done a superb job in that uh, tight head position. And also, if you look out in the back line, losing Jack Goodhue and, and Lester Fire Nuku has come in and, and done a, a, a superb job. I know I will probably focus on, on Tuesday night. I picked the Super Rugby side and, and boy, he would, he would go very close to making a Super, super Rugby 15, um, Super Rugby Aotearoa 15. But I, he would just be unlucky. That a guy called Anton Leonard Brown, who happens to be an All Black, has been pretty consistent throughout the season. 
Yeah, you know, just, uh, yeah, you say that look, they've, they've obviously Braden Enor only came back for this game and was, was was on the bench as well. They missed him all season. So yeah, look, uh, all, all the teams have had to deal with injuries. Uh, the Crusaders and the same, and also they'd be missing uh, loose forwards as well. And uh, the lack of the seven definitely hurt them um, during the regular season um, for that one. But I think they got to, uh, back to back back to the right ways um, in this one. Um, the um, Nocturnal writers uh, interest the game could come down to uh, a single decision to keep the ball away or not. Uh, respect to the time the Crusaders were down to 13. Um, I guess, yeah, if you kick the ball away uh, and the Crusaders hold on to it, then you're not going to see it, are you? So, but then again, you don't need playing too much rugby in your own half. It's one of those ones that becomes a difficult, a difficult um, balancing act. Uh, and as you as you say, it's a split second decision by one of the players um, to decide what they need to do. Uh, and it clearly, it went the wrong way in in hindsight. Um, uh, with that one, um, but you also got to say that, that Richard Moanga in that second half took uh, took grip of the game uh, and, and, and control of the game uh, just when the Crusaders needed it uh, to lead them around the park uh, and control the game. Obviously, had the help of um, David Havili as a second kicking option outside him as well, who also was taking the right options uh, in pinning uh, the Chiefs back. Um, and uh, look, it wasn't a razzle dazzle final by any stretch, but. Um, some, but two quality sides uh, going at it, uh, and uh, the Crusaders getting it, getting themselves in front, and uh, just keeping that handoff on the Chiefs yeah. all the way through the game um, yeah. to, to, to to win it. Yeah, but Paul, I've, I've got to say though, listen, full credit to the Chiefs. They they showed they were deserved finalists on that performance last night, and they'll, they'll probably look back at those opportunities that they left out on the paddock at the end of the day. Yep, yeah, no, absolutely. And you look at that and you don't go, okay, such and such had a howler, that's why they lost it. There, there weren't any, there, there were no, uh, there, there were moments like the Cody Taylor tip tackle, uh, um, tackle in the air, like the Seville Reese um, kind of uh, high tackle. But on the whole, the, I think generally all players had decent games. There was no one that really, I say, that stood out as having a bad game. Um, a few players stood out having good games, um, but not as bad games. So I think, yeah, all, all the players can be. Um, happy with their work uh, on the evening and not certainly uh, blaming themselves for for what happened and and and, and we shouldn't be too harsh on D Mac or Damien McKenzie either because boy he he played a few get out of cards jail free cards this year and, and and it's one of the reasons that they were in the final at the end of the day and it just happened to uh, on the night of all nights have an off night off the tee and uh, yeah just just one of those things Absolutely. I mean, players that uh, stood out, obviously, Will Jordan, um, 85 metres off his uh, nine carries. Um, he is uh, making a very good case for 15. But then again, so is Dave McKenzie and so is Shorty Barrett. So that all-black selection is going to be really, um, really interesting. Um, obviously, Dave McKenzie, many more passes than him because he obviously steps into that first receiver role a lot more and did so in, when uh, uh, Gatland went off. Um other players um, who uh, uh, stood out, I mean, Cody Taylor uh, got some meters, Ethan Blackadder um, and, and Callum Grace around the park um, were, were, were uh, put, 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 in, put in big shifts uh, as well on the Crusaders' side. For the um, Chiefs, though, Luke Jacobson, another person putting his hand up for all-black selection. Um, so Akula, a decent game, but uh, uh, not the barnstorming one that he had against the Blues. Um, and Takileo, um, um, so it's only there uh, ha uh, having a good, um, another 
lots of endeavour, but perhaps not the results he's got from his endeavour in previous games as well. So, yeah, some of the names that um, that jumped out. I guess the only downside that we that perhaps we we, we, we should should mention is uh, some interesting selections by the Chiefs, uh, which led to their line out options. Um, having um, Brown in there in the locks, look, he's been really good at six this season, but not at uh, but he doesn't really have the height um, to put Arcoy on the bench um, and to um, uh, and have him uh, starting instead was really uh, a head scratcher for me, um, and I think we saw the damage of that in that first half when they lost a couple of lineouts. Yeah, I, and last night I, I agree with that, Paul. I, I, I think they could have probably started it with Mitch Brown if they were hell-bent on having Jacobson at eight as opposed to Salakula. They could have had another bit of height with Mitch Brown at, in the sixth jersey and then brought Salakula off the bench, shifted Jacobson onto the side of the scrum when maybe yep. the game loosened up in the second half. So I, I think those are probably the underlying things that will will stay with me just a couple of selections where Clayton McMillan didn't maybe didn't quite get it right and like like as previously mentioned before Damien McKenzie you know just off off the tee but oh I can't be too harsh on the guy mate he he got them into this position simple simple as that and once again in my uh, super rugby Aotearoa team which we'll discuss on another night I I just had to find a place for him despite um uh, you know, a couple of others who normally play in their position, uh, being at fullback. So, yeah, so do join us on Tuesday evening for the Drive More Show. We'll go through our Super Rugby Outer um, 15 uh, on that show. So do join us for that one. Um, so, cracking final, congratulations to the uh, Crusaders. We headed then over, and that's um, the uh, makes them 25 from 25 uh, in finals games at home, including seven grand finals now. Um, they've never lost at home in Crusaders, so uh, a, a fantastic record there. But Moving on then just, to the Reds. Sorry, Paul. I was going to say just be, just before we go on, out of out of the out of the five wins, and it's it's pretty scary. They could win two Super Rugby titles in one year. Um, <laughs> over the next next few weeks, a, a couple of questions for you, for you. Would this be the most satisfying of the wins for um, for um, Scott Robertson, given the number of injuries again and and boy, are, are they are they good to go again for another title this year? Um, well, uh, well, we'll have a look at the uh, so um, a couple of things. We'll, 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 we'll I guess we'll talk about from and then have a very quick look forward to next week. Um, I think it's got to be his first one where he's where, where it's going to be most satisfying. Well, you, uh, a dealing with the travel, b having a side that were uh, perennial slow starters uh, and changing that culture at the team uh, where they managed to start fast. Uh, and win their early games, whereas under under the previous regime or under the previous head coach, they'd always lost their first couple of games before getting up to speed. So I think his his ability to change that culture and get that first win with his first season probably the most satisfying one. Um, but um, but yeah, definitely definitely a certain amount of adversity here. Also, I think the other thing we we need to point out uh, that um, that you don't kind of look at very often is how many assistant coaches have changed during his tenure. Um, we had Ron Nogara. Um, Jones from Wales was uh, was supposed to come back for this season, but yeah, didn't because because uh, of COVID. Um, so it's not like he's had the same stable coaching team the whole time there. Uh, there has been turnover in assistant coaches, and he still manages to get the best out of that side. So yeah, cracking, uh, cr- cracking head coach. Even if yeah. I must say, I think his uh, his his his, his break dancing days are a bit gone. He's starting to look like a dad to me. He's, um, <laughs> he's break dancing in the break dancing in the early. 
the, the, the first couple of Super Rugby's were, were, were better than now. He is well, slowing down. I, I, I saw something on the social network that he needs a new trick. <laughs> well, yes, and uh, um, uh, spoiler alert, Tanaya Topo, um, for when the Reds won, uh, he did a little break dance um, <laughs> on the ground, uh, which was uh, which was very funny. Uh, not the uh, skill of um, Razor by any stretch, but clearly uh, having a bit of a joke about the way the way the Razor Razor dances. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw the funny side of that. Uh, anyone who's going, oh, disrespectful, blah blah blah, rubbish. Yeah, get over it. Um, it's all a bit of fun um, in the heat of the moment, uh, enjoying the uh, having won the tournament. Um, so fantastic by by Tupu there. I preferred his dancing uh, more for the comic element, in all honesty, than, than the skill. Um, looking looking forward though, uh, and if we look forward to next week's um, games, next weekend's games very quickly, um, the Reds travel to Forsyth Bar to the Highlanders on Friday night. So they've got a short turnaround and they've got to travel um, in the opening round game round. Um, the Chiefs uh, in the final round have to final game of the round have to travel all the way over to Perth. Um, for their opening game up against Western Force. That's that's a, a, a chunky bit of travel after this weekend. And the Brumbies, after fronting up against the Reds, now have to front up against the Crusaders at, um, in Christchurch. So you've got to say, um, whilst I understand, yeah, I agree with you, um, the, the Crusaders are um, having some injury issues, but they're the only team who's had to play this weekend who gets to stay at home and not have to travel. I mean, doesn't the uh, schedule always suit the Crusaders? No, it's just... Oh, Jeepers. I'm, 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 I'm surprised. Aaron Renshard, Aaron Renshard hasn't uh, jumped on and actually mentioned that right now. He probably will. He probably count will to, now, said it. Yeah, count to, count to 30 and, and his comment will come up. But um, with him, yeah, with, with so, <coughs> um, look, the, uh, the, the Crusaders, uh, yeah, as far as I can say, yeah, to, to, my, to, my, to my point of view, yeah, the, the, the the schedule is, is 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 as good as it could be for the Crusaders from that point of view. Um, getting that home game in the, in the opening round, all three other finalists have to travel on the opening weekend, uh, which is um, which is going to be tough for them considering the other uh, six sides in this competition all had the weekend off. So, um, yeah, to me, uh, so, so yeah, look, the, the Crusaders. Have, when you look at this, the, the next one, Crusaders, yeah, will, will be are in a good place to go on. And challenge again um, in the next one. They are going to be the, the team to beat. Actually, Paul, we've got plenty to look forward to in the uh, sec second round of the uh, uh, Super Rugby Trent Tasman because the Crusaders head to Brisbane to take on the Reds. So the uh, two individual winners will take on each other, and boy, that'll that'll be a game to look to look forward to. Yep, they get so, so I guess I guess yeah, a, a tough start for them um, facing off against the two top. Um, Australian sides in the opening two rounds, uh, but um, uh, so so maybe they would have liked a uh, maybe a, a, a Waratahs or something beforehand. Um, obviously, um, COVID dependent, as I think there was some sort of travel restriction to Sydney, wasn't there? I don't know what I've I've, I've I've not been keeping track of that, so I have to just see how that uh, how that all pans out. Um, but um, the Chiefs obviously in a good place, heading towards the uh, Super Rugby Trans Tasman. Um, as well. So then, oh boy, oh boy, the Reds <laughs> against the Brumbies. Coming into this game, the Reds have beaten the Brumbies twice with final plays of the game <laughs> by only a handful of points or less than that. Um, and uh, I guess we should have expected it to, to, to happen again. I mean, three, 
Brumby's thinking, you know, it can't happen three times in one season, surely. Well, yes. Um, look, the, the, um, the Reds got off the right start. They got themselves a uh, an early um, an early penalty. Um, but um, the uh, after multiple attempts at getting over the line, um, the uh, Banks managed to uh, managed to finally score. Um, and uh, I think the the telling thing about this game is actually the Reds' defence. The Reds, the Reds really stood up massively in this one. This isn't so much about I, we've had them beating the Waratahs by forty odd points um, for record scores, etc. Um, we've been talking about how wonderful um, some of their attacking play has been this season, but this game, this this win, was built off the back of their defence, wasn't it? Oh, hugely, and uh, you know, when when you consider they were missing probably one of their uh, one of their one of their better uh, defenders and and Hunter Paisami, who's probably still picking up a couple of ribs that were lost out in out in Perth when they played the Western Force um, somewhere. Um, it just showed they really missed them. They had two very, very light midfielders. But to be fair, those those guys defended really well. And I, you know, there weren't that many clear clear line breaks that I, they could I could actually think of that the Brumbies actually made whilst they tended to dominate possession. And, and you know, we know how good their set piece line out line out is. Um, they will probably look back at this and and think to themselves, should we have been a little bit more expensive? Yeah, I really look at things about think about things like um, uh, Jock Campbell and Monwing only had to make two tackles all game. Um, Pataya on the other wing, six tackles. Um, whereas Hamish Stewart, 11 tackles in that 12 channel, uh, missed one. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he had a lot, of, uh, a, a lot of work to do. And, and, and if you think about the, um, <clears throat> if you think about last week when the West, I think the, I think it was the Western Force in the semi final, they, they actually ran. A lot of they had to defend a, a lot of traffic through that area as well. So it was obviously a, a, a real win-win focus for the Reds. The fact that they didn't miss too many tackles in that that area. And I, listen, I think they they did really well to keep the bigger ball runners uh, from the Brumbies un, under wraps as well. Well, especially uh, Valentino, the number eight, he's just such a good carrier. But they kept they seem to keep him in check. Oh look, Valentin has really stepped up this time. Um, but yeah, eight runs, fourteen meters really didn't get didn't get going. Um, bashed into a lot of things. Nick Frost again, seven runs, thirteen meters. Alatoa, um, Co, and Longren all got like six and seven runs, but but none of them got more than a meter per run. Um, the uh, but and and defense. A lot of that's down to um, McWright, sixteen tackles, non missed. Harry Wilson, number eight, ten tackles, non missed um, before he went off. Um, because uh, he was the one that went, he, it was Harry, it was Wilson that went off uh, um, concussed, wasn't it? Uh, they didn't even bother with HIA, they just went, nah, he's not going back on. Um, so big shifts by them. Tate McDermott, the scrum half, what's your main job? Well, clearly tackling, 10 tackles, one missed. <laughs> he got through quite a bit as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, you've got to say that, uh, that yeah, it, it was built on that defence, really, by the sides. But, and again, they weren't, they didn't, they didn't go particularly wide. Um, right on the wing, zero tackles, zero missed. He didn't have to make one tackle all game. And that's my kind of game. I, hey, even I could survive a game of Super Rugby, maybe, uh, if I didn't have to tackle anybody. Um, Banks, only one tackle, one missed. Um, your head got involved a little bit more with four tackles, one missed. But yeah, the Reds not really using their wingers this game. 
No, not 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 at all. And and, and once again, you speak about some nocturnal talks about that unusual selection of Liam Wright. I mean to say, if you, if you think back a year ago, what a um, revelation that Dalgunu was mm. on the wing. It's really surprise surprising that they're actually using him using him off the bench and and more or less using uh, Campbell as a um, as a as a as a winger who's normally a fullback, but I suppose that's to probably accommodate Higgity with a killing game. Yeah, and you end up playing it. I mean, James O'Connor, Hamish Stewart, um, Bryce Hegarty all can play 10. Um, I mean, those three playmakers has been part of their kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, part of their system this year, uh, much as a lot of us would like to see Hunter Price Army and uh, Jordan Pataya as perhaps that sense combination. Um, but Pataya's been, yeah, playing much more um, on the wing there so um yeah look the uh it was all brumbies for that first like 25 minutes um and they only got one try um in there um the uh the uh, the reds got over the line with um Fotikaya, uh, but he couldn't get the ball down um and was held up by nick white or nick white's leg um which probably probably should say and they did knock over a penalty, and that's been one of their things in this in this season, hasn't it? They've been reliant on that James O'Connor knocking over those threes, um, just building a score, uh, and being happy to to do that. And then, um, and uh, we saw that with the fact that um, they didn't score a try until the uh, until after the final hooter. All their scores up until that point were James O'Connor knocking over threes. In what was going to, in what was a very, in, uh, shows the importance of your kicking. Exactly, but there was there was one area where I thought the Reds were really just really getting on top, and I thought to myself, well, if they can get themselves field position and, and milk a penalty, I just thought their scrum <clears throat> was going so well, especially into that last quarter, and when Valentini obviously got sent to the bin, any scrum that went down, they they were going to pull a penalty, and I thought to myself. If they get themselves field position and are able to hold the ball and apply pressure um, with only a, only a try needed, you're well and truly in the game. Yeah. So look, James, so I guess we, we we that's really what where, where most of the uh, most of the discussion has been about the first about the last sort of five minutes. Um, uh, Bromley said, "I say all the possession, all the territory at first half just couldn't get the scores. Um, the Reds' lineout was mis- was an issue for them." Um, as well, and they had to make twice as many tackles in that first half than the Brumbies. As I say, built off that, that defence. But come the come the last five minutes, um, as you say, um, James O'Connor's kept them in it. It's twelve. It, it's it's a four point game. It's twelve sixteen. They know they need a try um, to win it. Um, they uh, they turned down the three at that point with with five minutes to go, knowing that actually you know we. we this is this is, we may not get back down here again. Yeah. Um, some interesting tactics. First, they take the scrum at a penalty option. Then, when they get a penalty from that, they then kick to the corner and do a line out. And you're like, well, hang on, but you've just called a scrum. Why are you now kicking to the corner for a line out? It works. The line out was uh, that the driving ball was collapsed by Swain, and off he went um, for the uh, for the yellow. Then the line that's overthrown, and you're thinking, yeah. <laughs> the Brumbies have got this now. Look, the, the Reds have just thrown this game away. Um, the uh, and uh, the, uh, the the clearance gets touched, semi-charged down, and you're thinking, boy, the Brumbies have, not, have got lucky here. Not only have they got out their own 22, they've got their own line out. 
only to lose the line out. You think, well, this is this is uh, the, the the Brumbies lost one line out all game, and it's that final line out um, there. Um, the um, uh, and uh, the Brumbies lose um, nineteen to a yellow card. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what what, what that yellow card was. They're down to um, a scrum of only six men. Another penalty. So the Reds take a in front. The Reds take that that that, that scrum. Get another penalty, and then they start tapping going. And everyone's like, "What? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Um, what are your thoughts on on the on the the the, 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 the tactical choice there?" Just um, common sense just went out the window, Paul. I think it's, <laughs> it's the only is the only way to describe it. I'm yelling at the TV, going, "Scrum! You've got to scrum!" You know, no, I think with the scrums, but they. Those scrums, if, you, if you've got an advantage at scrum time, you can have basically a double play at it because simply if you can get the advantage for a scrum, for a dominant scrum and it's under advantage, well, you get a free play, basically. Um, it just it just made common sense to tap and go. Anything could have happened. You could have turned it over at breakdown. It was a nutty decision. In fact, both of them were super nutty. <laughs> well, so I, what... Uh... Um, the the uh, the referee had warned the Reds that they had to hold the scrum up uh, that they that uh, had to hold the weight um, because there were eight against six and that um, and I think there was a uh, well the, the it might be a hindsight um, one rather than actually as something was decided actually in real time but um, what the uh, they decided that as Nocturne Wright says yeah the, the scrum can be a bit of a lottery and it's a ref's decision so they said right we're taking this out of the hand of the referee. And we're going to go tap and go instead because we don't want the referee um, to decide this against us. Um, and at the end of the day, if they needed three, then you go for the scrum, the scrum and try and get the penalty because uh, you, you, you can kick three, right? But if you need five, where's that five coming from? Okay, you get a free play with that with with with, with, with a scrum because you get a penalty advantage, but you still need to get over that line. Um, Tupu just charged the line. Everyone's jumping around thinking that he's scored amongst the Reds. Then the ball comes out, spun wide to James O'Connor, who dives over and uh, scores all 19 of the Reds' points to win the game. And, and I've got to say, that created a bit of confusion because it sounded like from the referee was saying that he's held up or short. And I'm going, well, what is it? Is he is he over the line and held up? He's short, he's going to go for it. And then it somehow incredibly came out from the ruck again. And, uh, and of course, the rest was... Uh, was a straight run in for uh, for James, James O'Connor. So yeah, just crazy, crazy finish. Um, yeah, and as you say, uh, players definitely struggling under pressure there to make the right choices, um, both on attack and defence. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, um, pretty, pretty, so, pretty yeah. much that. I, I noticed we, are we uh, some of the. Um, <clears throat> Some of the posts that are coming up tonight have got a bit of a negative connotation about the, the quality of the game. Listen, it, it, it was it was a tough watch, but but you know what? It's been a while since we've seen a, a forty thousand plus in an Australian stadium watching watching Super Rugby, and and whilst it wasn't one of the great games, it provided um, a, a, a grandstand finish, shall we say, Paul? And um, Listen, if that if that rocks their world, and if it's going to get crowds back to um, to watch the Reds again, again in two weeks' time when they play Crusaders, if they don't get that sort of 
crowd again, I'd, I'd be scratching my head, especially to get a, it'll be a great gauge for them to see how good they really are against the against the New Zealand champions. But boy, don't don't take it for granted that we are so much better than them. Um, I see, I sense that's coming through, and uh, not 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 just our posts that we're getting, but on the social network, and uh, yeah, a couple of chips on our uh, on our own rugby chat line, Paul. Yeah, look, it's the um, uh, look the the, the it's like big crowd for this one, as Simon says. Uh, look, it's on channel channel nine main channel nine's main channel. Um, they had a peak audience of four hundred sixty four thousand, uh, average audience of two hundred eighty five thousand, uh, hundred thousand plus. Also watching it on Stan Sports, meaning it was the the most watched Super Rugby match since the Reds uh, twenty eleven final win. So. Um, wow. The viewership wow. is up this year. There's a lot of positivity around rugby in Australia at the moment. Part of that is they've got it off Fox and they've got it away from all the Fox negative me, um, media coverage. We're getting positive media coverage out of it. People are enjoying it um, and, and uh, people are, are watching it. So, um, look, a lot of positives for, for, for rugby in Australia. They've got two competitive teams. Are they going to beat the, Ch- the Crusaders? Well, most of our teams don't get Crusaders either, so I don't think so. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> they are going to be competitive against all the other teams. Yeah. The other three, well, maybe not, but um, but those two certainly will be. And to have that kind of audience, see that positivity about rugby in Australia at the moment is great to see. Uh, and uh, it is making them think about whether they do, do they want a, a, tr- a trans-Tasman full-time competition next year or do they want something similar this year to this year, how they have a, an Australia competition followed by a trans-Tasman competition um, it's going to, yes, cause some uh, interesting conversations um, by the administrators. But, uh, yeah, resounding success uh, for uh, the, um, over there, the move to Stan Sports uh, and having some games on free-to-air. Uh, it's, and it's great to see positivity around the game over there, um, which we've lacked for the past, I don't know, getting on towards 10 years. Yeah. Oh, very much so. It's, it's just great to see. And uh, I've got to say, a real... Um, you know, it's a real it's a real victory for uh, for Brad Thorne as as well. You know, we have to think back to last year when he had a, he had um, player payment issues with a couple of players who who decided they weren't getting paid enough and decided to head overseas. And in fact, uh, you know, it's been well publicised that one of them's come is, is coming back to Australia rugby and doesn't want it wants to come back to Queensland, but he's he's not wanted. And man, we know Brad Thorne doesn't suffer fools. He makes hard calls. We can see that in the uh, selection selection of his team. Um, yeah, and, and but we, we, we've, we've seen that from word go when he said, right, sorry, I don't want Quade Cooper, I don't want Genia. Um, off you go, guys. Or least, I, I'm sure if Genia was there or not, but definitely Quade Cooper. He said, yep, no, thanks. Um, and a couple of other players, you're like, well, you've, you've just cut all the experience from your team. Yep, but I, don't, I want the right characters. Um, and several years later, we're seeing the benefit of that. Um, coming through with this side and the fact that, yeah, they are, uh, look, to have won three games, all of them by a single score, I think this is their biggest winning margin out of those three against the Brumbies, uh, to have gone and beaten, well, sorry, they've only lost one game all season to the fourth so far. Look, it's, uh, it's he's, he's doing a great job there uh, and showing some resiliency in that squad. Absolutely, Paul. And, and I've got to say, at least he's a player who's not a, not a former international who's just jumped into a top role if you recall he also won a title with the is one of the queensland 
NPC teams a few seasons back. So he's done his he's done his time. He's, Ooh, he's well, okay. Um, I'm not sure he did, did his time. He, he came in as uh, as, as sort of strength and conditioning coach and also then head coach of I think it was. Um, I don't. I can't remember if it, if it, if it was um, Queensland Country or if it was um, uh, on Blankston City up there, um, the the city team. But um, but yeah, it was only one or two seasons before he was suddenly head coach of uh, of the Reds. So I mean, he has had a meteoric rise. It's been a very he hasn't. Uh, it's been very quick. Uh, I think he's needed some experienced um, uh, assistant coaches around him to help him out um, on on perhaps some of the technical side of things. But as far as cultures go, is concerned. Yeah, he's clearly got the right, the right, um, the right attitude up there amongst the players, uh, and they're reveling in it, which is great. And when you think about some, someone like James O'Connor, how he was in his youth, how he was one of the three amigos, who was one of the, um, and uh, how uh, Brad Thorne got rid of one of those amigos, but was happy to keep another one. It shows a the growth in uh, James O'Connor, and b how Brad Thorne is willing to read players how they are now, rather than necessarily what their reputation was. Um, thank you, folks, who are telling us yet it's Queensland country that he was uh, that, that he coached. Anyway, he even coached him to a title as well. Um, or did you say that already? I think you probably did. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, the uh, some points there that perhaps he was coaching also towards the end of his playing days at the Highlanders as well. Um, I think a lot of players get into some sort of quasi coaching uh, towards the end of their their time, especially if they want to go into coaching. Um, your, your senior players are part of the. Uh, coaching team in some ways aren't they yeah probably more probably more technical roles they're brought in technical and, and mentoring roles mm -hmm. I, I would suggest that they, they come in, they come into these sides and of course moving back to Queensland you know I think probably not just Australian rugby but I think Queensland rugby identified an opportunity man he's he's a guy that's done everything in rugby literally everything he's tough as teak and if he can bring some of that ethic across to uh uh, to Queensland, and and boy, if there's a success, that's what he's done. Paul, he's he's brought some etiquette to that uh, that Queensland that Queensland team, and I've got to say, boy, I'd be nowhere near the finished article, as well. Oh no, look, he, he has built that. He's taken a very young Queensland Reds team, um, and um, uh, and and grown them up, uh, which is which is uh, which is great to see. Since uh, twenty eighteen. Um, He's uh, sort of been involved there, or at least um, probably his head coach from there. So, yeah, um, great story. Uh, and it's been a great story watching it over the past, uh, what's that, three, four, uh, four five years? Or oh, 19, uh, sorry, four years um, in that one. Uh, and he's done, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's gotten there in the end after coming just short last year. Obviously, now it's on to Super Rugby Trans Tasman. Um, don't forget to join uh, um, Cornflake and Shane on Thursday. Uh, probably about five o'clock-ish, uh, or you can watch a recording of that as I'll preview all of the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman games. They're going to get through five games this week, Stephen. That's hard for them. They've got extra work, and I'm not paying them anything extra, I can tell you. No, um, no that's, that, that's fair enough. I know, I know you're good like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that one. Any final points before I, I wrap things up? No, I, just, I suppose it, it just seems crazy that we uh, we hardly have time to relax. I suppose the biggest thing for me is how do these teams read well? Obviously, for some of them, they'll be able to reload quickly because they, their seasons their seasons ended last weekend, so they've had the extra week. So it might be a little bit easier to reload for the for the likes of the Reds and the Crusaders. Yeah, I think it'll probably be a little a little tough initially to refocus, but boy, um, 
you wouldn't ask Yarton to win this win this competition again. No, absolutely. Um, the only, I guess, from a Waratahs and a um, Rebels point of view, they've had two weeks off. So will they be rusty coming back next week, um, having not played rugby for two weeks? Uh, hopefully they've uh, been playing some club rugby. Pardon me in that gap. Um, but, um, yeah, folks, don't forget, yeah, we'll be keeping our full rugby um, coverage heading on through to Super Rugby ta- tra- uh, Trans-Tasman as well. So those post-game reactions of the New Zealand games on a Friday, Saturday evening uh, are preview show on the Thursday and our review show on the Sunday, as well as the Driving Wall show on a Tuesday as well. Um, that's up to five shows a week, all about rugby here on New Zealand Sports Radio, um, because you know what? You just can't get enough rugby, can you? No, you can't. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.